The first project was with Prudence Johnson where we took poems from Edna St. Vincent Millay. This is years ago now. Um, she put out an album called A Girl Named Vincent. And uh, she commissioned me and a bunch of wonderful musicians, including Joan Griffith, to set poems to music, uh, poetry by Edna St. Vincent Millay. And it was my first time ever having tried to do this. And um, I guess what I loved about the process was you have a, a framework of a poem. And within that framework, the sky's the limit. But it gives you something to start with. And you can tell pretty much right away when you're reading a poem, ooh, this one has musical potential, you know. So it's not whether or not the poem is good or bad, it just is whether or not the poem speaks to you on a musical level. Years after the Edna St. Vincent Millay work, the muse for the connection between poetry and music got to you again. Well, you know, uh, shortly after this terrible election, uh, I decided to go up to Duluth to do a folk dance uh, weekend. And we were staying, all, all of us were staying at this hotel right downtown, and I walked down to the shoreline, um, and there, right downtown Duluth, was a mini Statue of Liberty. And I never knew we had one in Minnesota, but there it was, uh, because of course um, there's a, a port there. And I read the poem, and again, the, the melody just landed in my lap. And so I thought, well, I have to do something with this. See, give me your tired, give me your poor, give me your huddled masses yearning. Give me your tired, give me your poor, give me your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shores. Caviani singing and playing the piano. And Laura, I guess you'll be doing more writing of music for poetry and under the auspices of one of your employers, Carleton College. They are, are commissioning me to set to music some poetry that will feature the Carleton Choir and um, an ensemble yet to be determined. In a way, it's a rekindling of an old interest of yours. The notion of doing a large work uh, of some sacred or, or, or you know, uh, justice-related theme, that notion was planted in my head many, many years ago when my trio uh, was asked to perform Dave Brubeck's Gates of Justice at Hennepin United Methodist Church. This is a long time coming, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You were saying it would build on the Emma Lazarus poem. That'll be, probably be included in the larger work. And that larger work contains a poem written by Frederick Douglass. And I am sorry to say I don't know the name of it. It might be called The Nation. For it is not light that is needed, but fire. It is not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. The feeling of the nation 
must be quickened. The conscience of the nation must be roused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. The hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed. And its crimes against God and humanity must be proclaimed and denounced. Frederick Douglass said it way back in the 19th century. I'm telling you, 150 years ago, and we're still here. So it needs to be said again and again. And I think the fact that it was said so long ago and it is still necessary to hear these words means that it's even more crucial that we all know this poem. So, yeah. Well, Laura, the work is, of course, timely. And you've worked with choirs a really long time. I would think that through it all, you've developed really good ways of writing for and working with choirs. Oh, and of course, choir directors. The first piece I wrote for choir, this really grumpy, grumpy choir member came up to me and said, that was the hardest piece I have ever sung. And she was not happy about it. <laughs> so I, I quickly realized that complexity is not better that the goal of a composer is to make it fun for the choir to sing. Carlton's music department choral program under the direction of Matthew Olson will use your social justice choral work so you're maintaining your educational focus, although it's not leadership of ensembles or classroom teaching. And as far as performance, you're lucky to have a church setting. You know, we are in such unsettling times and it feels like quicksand, doesn't it? So one of the grounding things for me is my wonderful trio featuring Chris Bates and Dave Schmallenberger and Plymouth Congregational Church graciously invited my trio in to be a part of their worship service for a few years now. And when all of this hit, uh, they decided to move their services online. And so as a result, every couple uh, weeks, we go in and pre-record our portion of the, the service. And then what's beautiful about it is that people can visit the Plymouth Congregational Church's website and, and go back and watch and listen to the sermons and to uh, the music. And Philip Brunel plays amazing organ and, and they've got a wonderful crew of singers, Dan Dressen. Side story is that he was my junior high choir director. <laughs> so I've known him my whole life. The process of collaboration where Philip Brunel gives me a hymn and I basically pare it down and reharmonize it so that my trio might enjoy uh, improvising on it so that the hymn becomes a vehicle for expression with my trio where we can truly collaborate. It's truly been a huge blessing in my life to have this opportunity, you know. information about Laura Caviani is available at lauracaviani.com. This program is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Phil Nussbaum speaking.